Irritable bowel syndrome is a terrible thing that affects most Americans. It is a devastating, debilitating disease that I just realized this is the wrong podcast. Sorry, I started off on my other podcast, which is also the name of my upcoming autobiography. You see where I'm going with this? Yeah. Okay, forget it. Hey, welcome to How You Play the Game, the official podcast of the OSA Foundation Incorporated. Yours truly, Jack Furlong, with you as we talk to you about what's going on in the world of sportsmanship. Glad you're with us. This is the first episode of the month of April. The year is 2019. Spring is upon us. We are just about ready for the uh, the the blossoming of the flowers and the trees and the allergies. And it's going to be uh, it's going to be it's going to be a good day, Tater, as Ron White would say. So, uh, yeah, that's how that works. Yeah, good segue, Jack. Good segue. Across the way from me, the producer engineer of the episode, Mr. Sean Ryan. Sean, hello. Do most people have irritable bowel syndrome? I know I do. I'm suffering from a flare right now. Huh. It is. Uh, that's interesting. I didn't know most people suffered from it. It's it's definitely more more uh, rampant than you would think. Huh. So. Hey, you know. Thankfully, it's not like the um, like that measles outbreak. Oh my god! Did you yeah. hear about that? Yeah, I did. I did. They're they're banning unvaccinated minors from going to public places. Unvaccinated minors is also the name of my upcoming autobiography. Like C minor, F right? A minor, minor F minor, G minor. Yeah. If you all write flat, all flat, all except for except for A. How about C sharp minor? You jerk. Listen, let's not go there because I don't like sharps. Okay, I'm more of a flats kind of guy. All right, all right, all right. This is this is getting off topic real quick. Anyway, get your kids vaccinated. Yes, please, <laughs> please do that. Let's not be ridiculous. Yeah, Simon says do it. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Do it. Or Sheev says. Sheev Palpatine says, says do, do it. it. So anyway, this is how you play the game. Right. <laughs> I keep forgetting. Uh, uh, we're dumb. Anyway, uh, as always, we're glad that you can be with us as we talk to you about what's going on in the world of sportsmanship. Uh, you can get in touch with the show in a variety of ways. Of course, our website is osipfoundation.org, where you can click on the How You Play the Game part of our programs tab, and you can submit stories to us uh, so that we can talk about on the air. You can even join us on the show if you'd like, based upon those stories. Love to have you aboard and to hear your comments and whatnot. Uh, on social media, you've got Facebook.com slash OSIP Foundation. Twitter is at OSIP Foundation. Uh, hashtag how you play the game. And launching very, very soon is Instagram, which is at OSIP Foundation. So I think the page is active. I just don't think there's anything up there right now. But we'll fix that. We'll change that. We'll, yeah, we have. We got time. We got time. Is there time? No, there's no time. Okay. Quickly. There's no time. There's no time. <laughs> Release the Kraken. Um, what else we got? Podcast at OSIPFoundation.org is the way to email the show. Uh, Sean's phone number is 1-800... No, okay. <laughs> I was going to give him an 800 number. Sean's social security number is... 555-0155. Yeah. That's my... That's my... Uh, that's my fake phone number. Yeah. As well as the phone number that I think Tim and Eric use in every one of their sketches. That's, that could work. That could work. Or in I think in um, Duck Busters, it's 555-5925, which is 555-QUACK, K-W-A-K. Oh, yes. that's not how you spell quack. Well, it is now. You know, up until recently, I didn't know how words worked on that on the die on the on the number pad. Really? Yeah. Like 
and I'm still trying to comprehend it because, I mean, maybe I'm an idiot, which is ter- certainly a possibility. I hate to break it to you, but yeah. continue. But, like, you remember that episode of Seinfeld where Kramer acted as movie phone? Yes. And then it was, you know, I forget, it was like his new number was 555 Filk. Yeah. Instead of film. Right. And then he would get the numbers by mistake. So is it just a matter of pressing the num the button more than once to no if you it's literally like if if the if the word starts with it has the letters a b or c in it you hit two every time it's an a b or a c see that's so screwed up i know so if the number is 1-800 a b c d e f g it's 1-800-222-3334 that's that's not how we do things, is it? No. That's not how this, this works. That's not how any of this works. That's a terrible system. I unfriend Thank you. goodness we have texting now. I know. I know. We've uh, we've gotten off to a great start between <laughs> what are we uh, even phones about and irritable bowel Listen, syndrome. It's been a while. And Sheev Palpatine. It's, and, it's been a while, but I'm yeah. glad we're back in it. Yes. Yes. Uh, I got a couple of jokes there. We'll let them go. Okay. Okay. So here's what we got today. Obviously, the Major League Baseball season is underway. We could talk about this till the end of time. Unlike last year, we didn't have an ejection the first day of the season. But we, you know, it was, it's actually been it was actually a good opening day. Uh, today, we're going to talk about a little uh, college basketball. Uh, obviously, the, uh, the, uh, the 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 NCAA tournament is is happening the right. uh, everyone's bracket has been completely ripped to shreds based upon a couple of upsets mm-hmm. uh nothing crazy last like last year where umbc defeated virginia uh in a 116 battle but uh, we do have a very interesting topic today okay. um and it, it revolves around uh, michigan state and their coach tom Izzo. so uh basically in the first round game that michigan state uh, had against uh, Bradley, in which they won seventy six to sixty five. Um, what happened in the game, caught on camera, the whole thing was that Izzo uh, had this outburst against his own freshman forward, Aaron Henry, when he made a defensive lapse. You know, so he made a mental error. There was a, a timeout called. Okay. And, and then Tom Izzo decided, went went like almost stormed onto the court and went after his own player pretty hard, like to the point of berating. Um, according to according to what happened, and you can see this on the video and everywhere after after going after his own player, they all huddled in a circle during the timeout. And he was sitting down, and he literally at one point even got up and started to lunge towards his own player and had to be restrained by other players. It was uh, pretty embarrassing, if you ask me, because when, when you when, with all of this on, on camera, we, the debate that we're going to have is where does this fall into coaching uh, technique that is considered acceptable versus unacceptable. And we're going to get into this because on the surface, you know, with just the details that I've mentioned thus far, you're probably thinking it's unacceptable. And I would still agree with this at the end. I'm going to say that it's unacceptable. But we have to talk about this because it's through dissecting it that we're going to get really into the heart of the matter. Um, 
I'm reading the story here. This is from uh, this is this is a, just a, it's a Fox News article, but it's literally just a um, a recount of the event. There's no opinion in it. It's just a report of what exactly transpired. It's by Liam Quinn. Uh, and basically, uh, I, everything I just said thus far, and then uh, continues on. Uh, former NBA star turned broadcaster Reggie Miller described Henry as looking a little perplexed by the situation. Um, emotions are high as a result. Now, uh, in the postgame press conference, Izzo was asked about it, and this is what he said, quote, I did get after him. He did respond. He did make a couple of big buckets. He did make some big free throws, but that's not good enough. It's one and done time. The my bads are out the window. Uh, Henry himself seemed unfazed by the tongue lashing after the game, saying that he understood where his coach was coming from. He said, quote, just responding to it is accepting the coaching and not having a pity party for yourself and just being a basketball player and go respond. It's been a minute since he chewed me out. Uh, because I haven't played this bad in a while. It's once every blue moon, I feel like, so I have to be better Saturday. Um, now, some people defended Izzo, such as ESPN college uh, basketball expert Seth Greenberg. He said in a tweet, if you have ever been around Tom Izzo and his players, you would understand the special relationship he has with them. You would understand that they appreciate him, his passion, and him holding them accountable you would understand that accountability uh, you would understand that account accountability what it's poor uh, poor grammar here what you would understand that accountability is what makes Michigan State University basketball um, just with that information alone it kind of sounds like the beginning of a foundation for an episode of law and order special victims unit mm. you know it sounds like um, he, you know, this this special relationship that he has with his players is leading down a very, very dark path. Um, I've got a couple of other articles here that we can that we can look at. Uh, this this article here is from uh, SB Nation, and uh, from Ricky O'Donnell. Headline is: Tom Izzo defended berating a player by saying he wasn't doing his job. Uh, and I quote from the article. Uh, let me see here. Okay. Begin with Henry heading back to the bench during a timeout with Izzo approaching him and sticking his finger in the player's face while yelling at him until teammates interceded. Once the team was huddled at the bench, players again held back Izzo after he got out of his seat to continue singling out Henry. Izzo's outburst made for an uncomfortable few moments of television. Henry probably didn't feel too great getting chewed out in front of the entire country either. When asked about it after the game, Izzo doubled down. Izzo says, quote, I don't know what kind of business you're in, but I tell you what, if I was a head of a newspaper and you didn't do your job, you'd be held accountable. Now, Ricky O'Donnell in his article continues by saying, where's my thinking emoji uh, face? To which point, when you print the article out, this is what comes up. <laughs> a giant thinking emoji. It's actually kind of cute. Mm -hmm. Um he continues by saying, there is exactly one problem with Tom Izzo, uh, with the Tom Izzo analogy. Aaron Henry isn't his employee. He is a student athlete and receives little more than a scholarship for helping Michigan State advance as a number two in this tournament. This tournament, by the way, is being shown on television because of an eight-year, 
$8.8 billion contract. The Big Ten is cashing extra bucks with eight teams in the tournament, earning big bucks for, big bucks for conference units that were worth $273,000 last season and are paid out over multiple seasons. Izzo, meanwhile, is among the highest paid public employees in the state of Michigan, earning $3.5 million per season. Aaron Henry is no employee. He's a student. If a math teacher at Michigan State did this to a teenager who failed to correctly answer a calculus equation, he would probably be fired. In college sports, we laud these coaches for their ability to motivate. So the point here being that Izzo is taking the tactic or taking the route of saying what I did to my player is basically tough love, you know, in in coaching in order to get my employee to do his job properly, okay? What O'Donnell is saying in the his article is that the analogy does not equate because this is a student-athlete, not an employee. If the student-athlete was being paid significantly you know, then maybe this would be a different situation. Now, there are those who are going to say that he's being paid in the form of a scholarship for an education. But then he, then O'Donnell comes out and says, that doesn't equate because what the NCAA is doing is making money off of these student athletes. And the schools are making money off of these student athletes. And that money is not being redistributed properly to these stu- the student athletes. And that gets us into the whole secondary debate about the NCAA and what they're and how they're basically exploiting student athletes which is another reason why I don't really watch a lot of college sports um, but this this article kind of begins to take us down the path of saying what Izzo did is no longer acceptable it's not the way you do things with me so far yes okay Artic- I'm just, I'm just li- I'm you're just taking it all in. I'm absorbing everything. Okay, this article is from Forbes. Okay, by John Baldoni, <clears throat> and the title is called "Tom Izzo: Temper Tantrum or Just Good Coaching." And by the way, every picture in all of these things of Tom Izzo, uh, all these articles have pictures that are not flattering. Izzo is basically in situations where I'm looking at him like, oh, okay, so that's what it looks like when I'm at the dentist. When, you know, <laughs> when I'm like, ah, oh, God. There's even one over here with his bottom teeth sticking out. Like, oh, someone needs, exactly. Like, just, just like that. Sean just did the face. <laughs> he did the face. Okay, so uh, let's see here. As we go through this article... Uh, Baldoni starts the article off by describing the situation and mentioned that the the uh, the issue got so heated that team captain Cassius uh, Winston was the one who had to intervene uh, and then still lunged after him in the huddle. Uh, Baldoni says in his article, quote, anyone who follows Michigan State basketball knows that Izzo is noted for his fiery antics, but this time he seemed to be out of line. When a coach has to be restrained by others, and I will add the commentary of saying, especially his players, not even just his assistants. Right. Continuing in the article, it is troubling. Otter was the fact that while Michigan State had started slowly against the lowly-seeded Bradley in the first round of the NCAA tourney, 
They were just coming off a 10 to nothing run. Everything seemed to be going right, yet Izzo lost his cool and unleashed fury at the freshman whom he deemed as underperforming. Later, Izzo shrugged off criticism, saying that others did not understand his method. He says, quote, To me, it was ridiculous the way it blew up. I would publicly thank the many, many people that saw it as rid- ridiculous. Uh, past Spartan players, too, leaped to his defense, saying that while Izzo can be heated, he is motivated more by love than rage. Curiously, one person who did not seem overly concerned was Aaron Henry. In the locker room after the game, he patiently answered all the questions thrown his way. He says, quote, It was just coaching, and people are blowing it up more than what it is. I signed up to be a part of this, and I'm loving this year so far. I hope to get yelled at more, not that I'm messing up, but just to keep going. Yeah, okay. That, what the, show, the face that Sean just made kind of <laughs> is the like, face that we all make when we hear, I hope to get yelled at That's more. really masochist, isn't Listen, it? Listen, this isn't some sort of weird adult video that we found <laughs> on the deep, dark web, all right? Uh, let's see here. He continues, the, uh, the relationship we have is bigger than just coach and player, way deeper than that. I don't want to compare it to father and son, but it's that level of care, that level of love he has for you, that level of trust. I signed to his program for the next four years to make my dreams come true, and he's definitely helping me toward that. In his column for the Michigan-Oakland uh, Press, Pat Caputo, who knows Izzo well, wrote that the incident, quote, will undoubtedly be used against MSU in recruiting and in GIFs, unless you can pronounce them GIFs, and memes for rivals for, well, ever. Izzo would be wise to be more careful. He didn't cross the line Thursday, but stepped too close to it. Toughness, grit, fire, they are important, yet so is poise. That kind of harkens back to the discussions that you and I have, Sean, about how we're always on stage. Everyone's always yep. watching. You you know, in, in terms of sportsmanship, you can't do this sort of thing and expect the world now to not take notice of it. So it's so even if you agree that especially since it's broadcast. Exactly. So even if you agree that Izzo was not in the wrong. Izzo has to be careful to say, I, I can't act like that now because the world is a different place. There are too many people who will view this as being unacceptable or right. will or will use it against me. You know, so so even so even if you think he did nothing wrong, he still can't do this because of how it can be perceived. Well, it sounds like he also sort of has a history based on what you've been saying in, in reading in the article. He does. He has a little bit of a history of of berating his players. Right. But at what cost? Right. right? I mean, okay, so you can look at this as a form of motivation. um, But, you know, you also have to look at the mentality of your players, right? So maybe some players respond to it better than others, but the fact is that. Again, how it's perceived by most of the world, not just people within sports, right. but if I see a grown man having to be restrained by his players for berating his own player and going after him and physically lunging towards him, sorry, that's going to be me looking at it in a not very cool way. Even if what he's going after him for is saying, you made a lovely pot roast the other day. I got to get this recipe. (laughs) And the players are like, no, no, you can't have the secret recipe. You don't understand what's in there. It's only for him, blah, 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 blah. No, it looks bad. It looks bad. Right? So, you know, it's, 
It's like the, what was it? The, um, was it the Dave Chappelle skit? If you put a police, yes, if, you put a, yeah. if you wear a police officer's uniform, but you're not, a you're going officer. to be perceived as, as a, a police, police officer. officer. Yeah. Right? Just because I'm dressed like this does right. not make me a police officer. If you are going to go after your, your own player. Right. Right. And let's say the layman watches this game and is unfamiliar with this person like if i had turned it on and i just saw this person berating a player and didn't know anything about basketball or college basketball or this person i'd be like yeah you know objectively that looks bad yeah exactly Um, you know that i don't you know and it doesn't matter what sport it is right or what what field it is it's about just it's about perception what this, what this is, as we begin to dissect this even more, this is the equivalent of what occurs in our armed forces, okay? Uh, a lot of what occurs in our armed forces in their training is there is a psychological breakdown of our recruits, of our troops, and then they are built up again. They are basically berated by their drill sergeants there and, and so on and so forth to the point where they are broken. And then the Army, Navy, Coast Guard, Marines, Air Force, etc., will then rebuild these people into the psychological machines that they need to be soldiers. And then that's what's advertised to us on these commercials of when we want people to join our armed services. Um because they're they're they they have become something special and whatnot. They're basically recruiting the people who who can be broken, so that or who are already broken, so that they can be built up again. And that's the same exact thing that's going on here. The difference is that this is not the armed services. They're not defending our freedom. This is entertainment. This is college basketball. And I'm not even going to get into. I mean, we could get into a completely separate episode about whether or not that's acceptable in our armed services. I think all we really need to say about that right now is that we we have the utmost respect for those who are defending our freedom and in no way, shape, or form would you know want to uh, belittle them or, or negate them or anything like that. We are very appreciative of what they've done for us. It's just a different topic that has to be discussed at a different time as it kind of goes beyond the scope of what we're getting at here. Mm-hmm. Okay, regardless of what goes on in our armed services, it doesn't translate to athletics. Well, much like that, you know, when Izzo was trying to make the comparison for employment. Exactly. You know, you, you, it's just doesn't, it just doesn't transfer well. Exactly. Um, you know, the thing that we, you know, no matter what's at stake... You know, whether it's, I mean, I'm sure there are incentives for them winning, whether it's a raise or for him. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously obviously there's there's going to be incentives. There's going to be money for him because he's an employee of the school. But the fact that the fact of the matter is that this has been glorified and, and publicized so much that we're forgetting it's just a game. And these are kids. Yeah. These are still kids. Yeah. These. This is not the NBA. This is not a professional sport. Mm-hmm. This is still a collegiate I mean, legal, sport. I mean, legally, they're adults. Right. But, you know, the mentality is that it's it's still academic. Exactly. And I think that's what we're forgetting is that this is an academic environment. And, 
you know, this is a, it's a place of learning. Take out take out the the legality of when be, someone becomes an adult in the eyes of the law for a second. Any time that academics are involved, in, like they are in this situation, we are still dealing with kids. This is supposed to be an educational experience. Okay, any sort of scholastic athletics, whether it's at the middle school level, the high school level, or the collegiate level, is supposed to be an extension of the classroom. And that is in the philosophy of every single one of these organizations. Okay, the NFHS says that, the NCAA says that. This is supposed to be another method to reach young individuals who are growing, who are learning, who, who can use this opportunity to, to become better people. This is not a professional environment yet. As such, we have to view these kids as kids. Okay, these players are kids. It's that simple. And and or at and, the very least, students. Exactly. Right. I mean, they're right. still getting an education. Exactly. Exactly. So as a result, even if they're the like the Allen Iverson type who doesn't go to class, okay, you can. But you can go back and look at the statistics of MSU and see that. These athletes are student athletes and do go to class and do, you know, put in the time to become educated properly, etc. The fact of the matter, <clears throat> excuse me, is that these are students. And when you are dealing with a student, even if they're an adult in the eye of the law, they are kids in the form of athletics. Right. It's, it's that simple. Yeah. And you don't treat kids that way. Right. Now, continuing in the same Forbes article, um, Baldoni, the, the author, said that he later turned into the radio show of uh, Caputo, who is um, Pat Caputo, who wrote, writes for the Michigan-Oakland Press, uh, to hear what his listeners were thinking. Uh, in the heart of MSU country, listeners were too critical. Many of, uh, many of them uh, were, were MSU fans, but found Izzo's behavior harmful to the reputation of the school, not to mention future recruits. For the most part, Izzo has been a beacon of integrity for the school. He wins the right way without cutting corners in recruiting or academics, and his players mostly graduate and go on to successful lives. Many credit Izzo with molding them into the men they are now. Izzo himself makes no bones about his coaching style. Up front and to the parents of the recruits, he will tell them that he will push their sons hard. So players and parents know what they're signing up for. Yet when a coach cannot control himself in the moment of his rage, he ceases to be a coach. He morphs into a bully. Screaming at a player repeatedly is not coaching. It's berating and denigrating. Stepping back a moment, let's be fair. Most, if not all, sports coaches raise their voices even harshly at times, in part because they need to be heard above the din of the crowd or in the vast space of a gym. The difference is that even when irritated good coaches do not lose their... Uh, is that even when irritated good coaches do not lose their cool, they may be angry, but they maintain their equilibrium. Curiously, the actions of two players involved in the incident, Cassius Winston, who served uh, as the peacemaker, and Aaron Henry, who was the object of Izzo's uh, irritation, demonstrated the exact poise under pressure we expect of coaches. Coaches insist on discipline. Shouldn't universities expect the same of men and women they employ as coaches? Hmm. Quite succinct. Yeah. I mean, listen, as someone who has coached and continues to coach, I can tell you that there are times when you do need to raise your voice. You do need to make a you do need to make a statement, okay? You do need to let your players know that they are underperforming. You, it's it, they need that slight kick in the pants. For myself, 
I only do it in in situations where I know there is a vast lapse in 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 their in their playing ability that can be fixed. Stupid errors that are collective, you know. On the baseball field, if someone makes a uh, you know a physical error, that happens. I don't care. It's a shame, but there's no reason to berate someone over a physical error. If the team as a whole collectively makes a mental error, maybe that's the situation where I have to start saying something to the guys. You know, I can recall a couple of situations where I was dealing with uh, 15 to 19 year old kids and they would they would make certain mistakes on the field. And basically, I would have to raise my voice and say, but this is what I would say to them. I would say, that can't happen. And that's the end of it. And then if they want to discuss it later, I'll discuss it later, calmly and coolly and collectively. Mm -hmm. Okay? In the heat of that moment, though, in order to kind of fire them up, to get them to understand what they did was wrong, that's about as far as I would go. And I think, at least in my opinion, that that's fair. That's part of coaching. Mm-hmm. Okay, because <clears throat> as you and I have talked about, a lot of coaching can't happen during the course of a game. Coaching has to happen during practice and during other times. Sure, you can make, you have to make certain decisions on the fly during a game. You know, uh, you can motivate during a game, you can reinforce during a game, but you can't teach during a game. Okay. So that's why a lot of my coaching would fall under that category to say there's no reason this is going to go in one ear and out the other ear if I do anything beyond that. And usually that fixes it. You know? Yeah. You know, it's and some people are motivated in different ways. I know that for me, I would be more motivated if my coach, when I was playing baseball, looked disappointed and and said stuff like come on you know like if he like if he just shook his head and, uh, and, and or like when we're in the dugout shook his head like you know you could have had that yeah you know and, you could do better right that motivates me yeah. because the look of disappointment that says just the look right says more than any words could possibly mm-hmm. right if I got someone running out of the dugout and screaming in my face, I'm, I'm going to be like, what is your problem? That becomes a defensive situation. What is your yeah, problem? Exactly. I'm not going to listen to anything you're saying right. if you're going to come at me like this. Right. Let's just take a chill pill right. and discuss this like grownups. Right. You know, like it, it, it's... I feel like, and I again, I'm not. I don't know what's going on inside Izzo's head. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I've never coached basketball before. Uh, All you wanted to do was, was play, play basketball. basketball. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I and I mean, I I see it. I mean, I've seen I've I've seen basketball. I've watched basketball. I do see coaches get heated from time to time, but only for the reason that they have to raise their voice because of the crowd, right? Or because they're in a large space. That's fine. Right. And they need to like mouth things because sometimes you just can't hear it. Right. Or make gestures or whatever. If I have to scream at an outfielder and I'm in the dugout, I gotta I gotta raise my voice just to get it out there. That's physics. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like I mean when I was that's in not the, anger, that's science. When I was yeah. in the pep band at TCNJ, 
the uh, we played for basketball games, right? And the the basket the men's basketball coach was very animated, exactly. But because he had to be, right? You know, he wasn't he wasn't mean, right? At least from what I could from what I could tell. Um, but he, you know, I I would see him raise his voice and then pull one of his players off and just talk in his talk in his ear, right? Calmly, exactly. You know. During a timeout, you know, which is when you should be giving right. that sort of advice. It's funny you say that because as someone who has directed a pep band in that type of a scenario, I have to be a coach as well. So I'm coaching my own band, as, as you know, as being mm-hmm. a director too. Yeah. Okay, I can recall times when directing a band, the band would screw up, and I would basically say to them, come on, that can't happen. You're better than that. Okay. That motivated them because the next time they did their job properly. Okay, right. now there is one thing that we have to kind of cover with this because it does it. It's an important psychological aspect to this. Coaches, whether they're athletic coaches, musical directors, whatever, do have to be mindful of the psyches of their players. Okay, it is very easy, in my opinion, for young people, student athletes, student musicians, whomever, and even even adults too to a degree, to not have the necessary psychological development or a certain stunt in it where coaching in that manner, where we have just described it as being, you know, necessary, we'll call it necessary aggression, can still cause a player or a participant to take on feelings of shame or guilt. So it is incumbent upon these leaders to, to, to make sure that those that they guide understand that none of it comes from a place of pure anger or, or, or anything like that. That bond, that trust, is probably something that they're talking or that they're referring to in these in these articles between Henry and Izzo, is that something's going on behind the scenes that maybe Henry and Izzo understand that and they have that bond. That all being said, what Izzo did was still too far. So that bond probably exists, which is important because... Uh, I can recall times being on teams where that bond did not exist between me and a coach, and then a coach would act that way, and it would it would literally cause me to go into fight or flight or freeze, and usually my response was freeze or flight, because that, especially as I got older, where I was like, I don't have to put up with this. You treating me that way when that bond is not there is not acceptable. That's, it, you, know, you need to build that bond first before you you act that way and i think that that's a necessary thing to discuss in this context because there are those out there i know i've been in that situation i'm sure you've been in that situation too where if you don't have that shame and guilt creep in very quickly it's very easy for that stuff to come in and now you know the psych- the psychology of the performer whether it's athletic or artistic uh, or or anything else where where somebody is on stage or in some sort of a, a a leadership role like that, you 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 can very easily lose it. You can very easily start to think there's something wrong with me, 
In fact, I, you know, it has the as the coach, as, no, as the player, because I can, <clears throat> I have an example of where maybe sometimes, you know, not to defend what Izzo did, right. But a coach can sometimes feel like they've failed the team. Yes, that's true. And as a as a way of defending their honor, they lash out to try to hold on to that. I mean, that was what happened with Augie Garrido and some of those things that we saw in that uh, in that episode that we did, you know, many moons ago. Oh, you in know, Texas. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. Where you know where he would berate them and say, "I failed you." Yeah. But he would go. He would go on this. That tangent in a right. way that would then would take that message and turn it into that lashing. Right. That, but, but again, impartial to his defense, not completely. Right. We don't know the bonds he has. Obviously, formed. yes. So, so, so I think there definitely needs to be a little bit more in the bank mm-hmm. between a coach and his players, right. or or a teacher and and their students. Um, I know with my students that I teach. Um, you know, we've mentioned this many times before, but both Jack and I are also music teachers. Uh, a lot of the times I develop a bond with my students and with, with think with, with something as subjective as art, there, there's a different kind of bond that you develop with an artistic student that you wouldn't develop with a, a regular academic student because you're teaching that student to express Right. Emotions. Right? It's almost more similar to that of a trade. Yeah, you know. So it, two, ex- ba- two blacksmiths, right? You know, exactly. Two cobblers, you know? Exactly. So, so you're 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 teaching a craft to someone, and the the relationship becomes because of that becomes just a little bit more personal. Right. I feel as a result, and and when 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 that's why when someone makes a stupid mistake like a wrong note or something, I'll, I'll get that look of disappointment and I'll say, that's, it's like, let's get in the game here. Yeah. This is not right. Come on. You're better than that. Exactly. Like, and I'll, and I'll, you know, it, it, I make it aware that I'm upset and I'm disappointed with them. That accomplishes more than yelling or Mm -hmm. berating ever will. Um, I had T I had, uh, I had a private teacher, um, in in high school, who was pretty balanced mm-hmm. in his instruction, but there were times when he <laughs> went a little bit off the rails sometimes. Um, and in in hindsight, being hindsight is twenty twenty. I find that the times he went off the rails, I actually accomplished less than when he was just forthright in his convictions right you know he said yeah that wasn't i wasn't you know you 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 can do better than that yeah you just didn't practice enough i know yeah yeah like i you know he'll know as soon as i start playing if i practiced and i'll and he'll ask me it eventually get to a point where he'll just ask me straight up tell me the truth did you practice and i'm not gonna lie and at first i'd be like yeah and he's like don't lie yeah you know let's be real yeah and I do that with my students. I'll say, I'll say, look, I want you to tell me the truth. Right. You know, you should still practice, right, yeah. obviously. But I would rather you tell me the truth than lie about something that you're signing up because you want to do it. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, 
So it's sort of a cycle. It's sort of like, again, you're getting into the mind of your students, mm-hmm. the mind of your, of your athletes. Right. It's, it is, it is a mind game. It's a mind game, so to say, but you do have to know the psyche of your participants. Right. That's so crucial. And that goes for anything instructive, whether it's teaching math, you got, you are a teacher, you are a counselor, you have to know all of your students individually. Mm-hmm. There is a personal connection that cannot be denied, especially in the art world and something as athletics with something that requires determination right. and and grit and 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 strategic thinking. And especially if you're on a team, there's that bond. Right. Right. So yeah, a coach really needs to get to know each of his players individually. Right. For them to be effective, it really it really speaks to the idea of the traditional college lecture being you know three hundred students and one professor as mm-hmm. outdated, and and just not powerful anymore. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. So we've covered two very important points thus far. It's that you need to be aware of what's where you know you're on camera, and you, <laughs> and, and you need to understand that that bond has to be you know, deeply psychological and and strong before you can even do anything. Let's wrap it with this. This is an article from Deadspin. And usually when Deadspin uh, has something, they're they're right on the ball. Okay? This is kind of more of an op-ed piece than it is a a reporting, but it it speaks to me. Is is it referring to this? Yes, to Tom Izzo. Yeah. By Drew uh, Magary, Magary. I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher that last name. M A G A R Y. So that's on me for not getting it right, no matter what it is. I'll just Magary. Ex- yeah, I'll just ex- I'll just expect to be wrong, as okay. most women in my life tell me. Okay. All right. I have to censor this article significantly because Deadspin obviously does not have any rules Filters. against exactly. So I'm gonna call it. I mean, this is out. The, the title will be this. Stop excusing Tom Izzo's a holery. Okay. Uh, he drew the the author begins. The only thing more predictable than Tom Izzo going ape blank on one of his own players to the point where MSU freshman forward Aaron Henry's teammates had to actively restrain the head coach was the parade of dip blanks and a holes rushing to Izzo's defense and framing any criticism of his sideline behavior as evidence of quote, and all in caps, the great softening of the American man. Here's former Maryland coach Gary Williams, no stranger to being a raving lunatic on the court himself. Coach Gary Williams says the following. Now, let me put it, let me preface it by this saying this. On Twitter, the the, the incident was shown and the handle of at B-ball breakdown said, I'll be happy when this type of coaching finally goes extinct as this generation of coaches retires and fades away. Gary Williams, whose handle is at Gary Williams 2 said, quote, life is tough. Tom Izzo's players learn valuable lessons that will last a li- lifetime. Deep. Hmm. Yeah. So the article continues. <laughs> he probably slipped on his own sweat puddle when he typed that. Here's Yahoo's Dan Wetzel assuring you that this is all quite normal, boring even. And he says, quote, Henry didn't particularly play well Thursday, either before or after the, quote, coaching. He, yet he didn't sound troubled by anything after. Rather than flare up at his coach, he looked inward. 
This is indeed one-and-done time. This is MSU in the NCAA tournament. Players go there to make Final Fours, and that doesn't happen with just pats on the back. We go back to the, the original author, and he says, And here was Izzo after the game, proudly boasting, quote, I may tell it like it is guy, end quote, which is a classic indicator that the venerated hard blank you're dealing with is an unapologetic blankhead. He continues, These excuses pop up every time a coach gets out of line and is rightfully called out for it. It's nothing but bullies rallying to the defense of other bullies. Same blank happened when Adrian Peterson got arrested for abusing his own kids. Go watch that footage of Izzo laying into Henry again. He's pure rage. He has no control over himself. And there sure as blank are other ways of communicating your displeasure with someone, no matter whom, other than looking like you're about to eat them whole. (laughs) But to bullying enthusiasts and to the sporting culture that coddles them so, this is, in caps, the way it is. This works. Yelling is not just needed, but it's also the best way to reach these young scamps. Questioning Izzo's methods means that you are a hypocrite and that you don't support the correct way to shape boys into men. Chris Carter framed the whole affair as exemplary mentorship, which Henry himself appeared to endorse. Carter says the following on First Things First on FS1. He says, quote, Coach Izzo made a promise to that kid and his parents. When he sat in their living room, he told them, I'm going to be on your son and grow him from a boy into a young man. That's what Aaron Henry got last night. This coaching will always be effective. The article continues, that's what dudes say when this kind of bull blank worked on them back in the day, or at least when they presume it did. This style of coaching should have died when Bob Knight's credibility did. Henry also defended Izzo in the postgame, treating the coach's behavior as necessary toughening up measures. Henry said of Izzo, quote, I wouldn't say he's more demanding. He knows that I think I can rise to the challenge because I've been doing that all year, I feel like. It's just if my plate gets bigger, I got more food to eat. I just got to eat it. The article continues, I can't know if Henry means that, and neither can you. Regardless, it's depressing to see Wetzel, among others, assume that he got a clear-eyed look at the psyche of Henry from those post-game comments, from his body language on the court, and perhaps from a single emoji posted online. He doesn't take power into account whatsoever here. Henry has no earning power at MSU. If he wants to transfer and play for a different coach, he has to sit out a year. If he wants to publicly lash out at Izzo, he risks more abuse, team discord, plus reducing playing time and frowning faces from the media and future employers. One and done time indeed. I just got to eat it sums up how the NCAA treats players deftly. If you've ever been yelled at like this or had your feelings hurt in some other way, you know that it can be a slow burn. The pain can last for years. Not everyone can just shrug it off the way wingnuts demand. Being hurt by hurtful things is not a moral or physical failing. You also know that you may not be quick to disclose being hurt to others, especially when you know it could result in embarrassment or even more hurt. You might internalize that pain and perhaps blame yourself for the whole thing, even though you don't deserve it. Like other successful coaches, Izzo can pretty much do whatever the blank he wants, including roiding out at men a third of his age. And the system he operates in, even at a bastion of horrific scandal like Michigan State, treats his methodology as normal, acceptable. 
This is a rite of passage boys must go through to become men, and you shouldn't question it. The players definitely shouldn't. BS. All of it. Take it from someone who has yelled at his own kids. It doesn't work, and it shouldn't be normal. It's a shameful act. I can do better, and I ought to. If you think this kind of blind fury aimed at young people is normal, even a necessity, well, then that explains why this country is so blanked at the present. That we have a whole industrial complex ready to grovel at the feet of rich bullies explains a lot. Stand by Izzo, and you're just trying to justify your own blank holish tendencies and to preserve a status quo that has served others poorly. If Izzo was a math teacher who did that to a kid, would that be fine? Would his berserker routine shape that kid into the second coming of Einstein? Ooh, maybe that kid could run as army... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't read this because I was laughing at you. Ooh, maybe that kid could run as Amy Klobuchar's Veep one day. She expects a lot out of people, you know. Stop excusing this blank. Stop going, mew, 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 you're a cop, if someone points out that this is not the way to comport yourself as a leader. If you think this kind of abuse worked for you, or on you, maybe you're lying to yourself. Or maybe you're just too lazy to think of other ways of going about instruction. You're blanked, and we're blanked because you think being blanked is the answer to everything. Mm. That's pretty... Uh, Hot and heavy? Yeah. 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 It's kind of a... I mean, let's be real. It is a very extreme counterpoint to the point. Uh, you, take, you take Izzo's reaction and methodology as the point, and you push it to the far end of one side of the spectrum... And this article is the other far end of the other spectrum. It's, it's clearly vast opposites. As such, this type of an article comes off in a way that's almost as bully-ish, bully-esque as Izzo was. But the question becomes, is that type of a, of a response needed to reach the people who endorse the Izzo methodology. Do you have to fight fire with fire? Especially in the public arena. Because you can easily, you can easily take your response to this and say internally, as Sean just hit his elbow against my kitchen wall and I'm kind of laughing at him for it. So, you're right oh. there, buddy? Yeah. Oh. Ah. Yeah, ah. it's not so funny when you hit your funny bone. No. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Anyway. Yeah. You could easily just take your response to what Izzo did, disagree with it, and say, I don't agree with this, I'm going to move on. But if you need to express an opinion, do you have to join the shouting match and shout back the way that this article did? Well, this brings up the whole, the age old thing is, well, it doesn't matter whether it's right. It's, it matters who says it the loudest. Exactly. Right? Which so, is kind of what politics is in general. Yeah. You know? So, you know, yeah. it reminds me of the time when uh, I went to see my, um, I went down to South Jersey to visit my business partner, Phil. We all love Phil. Yeah. Um, he's a good guy. 
Anyway, so we were we were walking around in uh, Haddonfield, which okay. is um, kind of like your. It's a nice town. Yeah, it's got it's a little upscale, mm-hmm. but it's it's near him. And we were walking, and we saw this young lady uh, giving out pamphlets, um, asking if we would. You know, we had just gotten our coffee mm-hmm. from Starbucks. We were grabbing lunch, and uh, we saw this young lady handing out pamphlets about anti-bullying. And she asked us if we would like to donate to, I forget what cause it was. It was this, some, you know, you'd go on a website and you'd fill out an account and you would donate. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I said, wow, you know, this looks great. Um, I would love to be able to, but right now we're a little bit in a hurry. Um, but if you, you know, give us the, you know, a card or the name of the website, we'd love to check it out later and, mm-hmm. you know, do a little bit more research right. on it. And she's like, well, I really need, you know, we, we're really trying to hit a deadline and it would be great if you guys, whatever you guys could donate. I'm like, oh, like I said, I understand that, but right. we're, we're in a hurry right now and, and, and I don't have time to look at this right this second, but I, I do admire your cause. Right. She's like, well, fine then. You enjoy your Starbucks. Wow. And I'm like, wait a minute. You're, <laughs> you're... T- <laughs> You're the anti-bully person right. bullying me. Right, exactly. Like you are you are telling me you are bullying us into donating to right. an anti-bullying campaign. How oh, ironic is that? That's 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 modern that's Seinfeld. That's like that's like Alanis Morissette right. version of ironic. Yeah. You know, but it just goes to show you that sometimes in this into looking at a more over overview of the political spectrum without getting political it's like you're either one way or the other there's no such thing as being moderate anymore and you know whether you're extreme one way or extreme another way a certain amount of certain amount of logic just goes out the window and reasoning and this this is a problem you know, you know, you got the both extreme ends of it, like with the story you just mm-hmm. you just told me of this person using four letter words every sentence right. to, you know, get his point across. I get it. I understand what he's saying. And right. To uh, uh, to I agree with it. Um, but again, you're right. Maybe this is the sort of language that people on the other side of the equation would understand. Right. You know, yeah. it just, it just, yeah, you know, it, it sort of leaves people in the middle kind of, kind of with a, a boat without paddles. Right. Right. Because you, you, you're, you have to be one way or the other. You're basically, you you're telling me in the middle who agrees with you that if I don't fully support you, I must be part of the other side. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And this is just, and it's, this is what it's like everywhere yeah. now. It's, it is, uh, it is increasingly difficult to subsist. And <laughs> I agree as, with as that. Result. And and here's the other thing too. You know, we were just talking about guilt and shame and the psychology of what goes on here. In reading this article, what I sensed from the author was something very deeply psychological. This is a person who was hurt in the same way. He has dealt with the same type of issues that Tom Izzo uh, used inappropriately. 
he has been in situations where basically, you know, he's been the Aaron Henry, and this triggered something. And I get that. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to say that that's wrong. I'm not trying to say that. How dare he do that? What I'm saying is that there's something more going on here, and and people need to take that into context when they ha- when they create a response to this type of an uh, of an article. Is to say rather than than lash out in a, in the defensive, it's to say what what's going on in your life that right. that caused you to respond this way and create such a powerful. And, and forceful article for Deadspin. Now, granted, Deadspin also probably has its own agenda when it comes to this type of op-ed stuff. It's going to be very mm-hmm. forceful, very blunt. Very, you know, it's going to try and get clicks as much as it can. Mm-hmm. But that all being said, there, there is, you know, unless he put on this, this, this face, uh, this to to in this front, and and in order to try and get those clicks, which is immoral in itself, uh, you have to ask. What happened, man? What 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 is still hurting in you that caused this type of a response? Or maybe it's a form of therapy for him. It to, could be. To kind of could be. You know, it could be redirected. It could have been so suppressed yeah. that this is this is the 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 explosion. This is how it resurfaces and manifests itself. He finally has the vehicle to to respond in a way that the bully and those around him can hear it, and he can become Which is, in a way, it's actually kind of smart. Exactly. You know, there's, it, there's it, definitely an intelligence to it. Yeah. Okay? Uh, not going to take that away from him at all. In fact, they say people who curse more have a higher degree of intelligence. That's very true. That's very you know? true. I mean, look at South Park. That is a really smart show. They are they Those guys and, are geniuses, frankly. And, and you know, it's just... It's sort of, you sort of have to get in the mind. You know, they say the the way to a, I forget who said it, but the way to a bully's heart is through his mind. Right. You know, you kind of have to figure out what's going on in there. Exactly. And sort of not use that as ammunition because that in itself is bullying, but. Use that to your advantage. Use that to your advantage. Right. And say, well, listen, there's obviously something going on here because right. there's always there's always an impetus for something right? exactly so what i mean when Izzo was growing up was he coached that way right you know well, there were there's what? clearly evidence of many people saying that they were coached that way and that's how it worked right you know and you know i think it you're a lot of what i think happens with these coaches who are close to retirement age is they grew up in a time where not only sports was treated like this, but life was treated right. like this, where, you know, you're not, as a man, you're not supposed to express your feelings. Unless or, it's anger. Unless it's anger. Right. You know, we're not allowed to get sad. We're not allowed to cry. And um, it's sort of, uh, it's sort of manufactured in a way right. because... We have an entire generation of people like like Izzo who we don't know who they really are right. because they've been conditioned to think this way since a very young age. And they think that because something was forced on them because of societal norms at the time, they think that's normal today. Right. 
And it makes them, I will say, involuntarily out of touch. Right. Because sometimes that's all they know. You cannot, you know, to some degree, you cannot fault them for that. Because you, they've been conditioned they, that they, way. Yeah, it, mentally, it's very hard yeah. to unlearn something, especially at that age, yeah. right? Yep. So, you almost you really can't fault someone for being like that, but you can look at their imperfections as a way of correcting yourself to prevent something bad happening in the future. Right. So, you can't change what has happened. But you can use that as a means to change what is to come. And that is where, you know, you, you look at the people of, of that generation who have begun to influence those who are younger and who, who are subscribing in whatever way, shape, or form to that, beginning to subscribe, whether they've been fully indoctrinated or not. But we've seen now with the younger intelligence and what we have, that's where we get the response of the softening of America. Those people who are the younger versions of, of that have the ability now in their in the 24-hour news cycle, in, in the age of the internet, to to flood the public with the the questions of is this where America goes soft? What happened to real men? What happened to this? Blah, 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 blah. I mean, and we are now using that in so many ways, shapes, and forms of of of, of advertising. In, in fear marketing. I mean, how many times have, do I have to turn on the radio and hear an advertisement for testosterone pills? What about that Gillette commercial? Exactly. Remember where they, where they um, oh, when, was, when was that? Was it last year? The, that Gillette commercial that was, um, I forget what it was, but it was, it was huge in the news and people were, were, people were banning Gillette. They were boycotting Gillette because they thought they went soft. Um, it takes a real man, or they changed the slogan right. or something. I wish I remembered it. Um, you're gonna look it up, but I mean, while you're looking that keep, up, yeah. Keep, I mean, I listen to these these ads for uh, for 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 all of these these pills. You know, you, you listen to sports talk radio, and when did it become okay for us men to be so soft and this that, the other? You know. Try these testosterone pills. Once you hit 40, your testosterone goes down. And it's time to reclaim your manliness. Your your partner will love it too. Blah, 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 blah. You know. And and in, in fact, they'll say she'll like it too. You know, because they they want to uh use the the the, the idea that these men who are soft are all in relationships with women and they'll, they'll mm-hmm. try and, 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 and hint at that, that we, we, how dare we advance beyond the traditional norms of how human beings relate to one another. You know, it just, it's, it, it, it the whole thing is just a, 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 a joke right. to put it lightly. I found, I found the ad. What is it? Uh, so it's, it, I've, NPR did a did a um, an article on this. Backlash erupts after Gillette launches a new at Me Too inspired ad campaign, and it was the um, the best a man can be. Um, the best a man can can get um, is that it was a twist on that line, which was their slogan for so long, right? And um, a lot of people lauded that that ad for and what people see here's the thing what people call soft i call intelligent mm-hmm. because now we're sort of we're becoming more aware 
of ourselves right. as human beings. And, um, you know, the idea of, you know, you have to be a man. Well, what is a man? Right. right? Um, you know, okay. Biologically, the genitalia are different. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. But, Certain hormones are different. Right. But, but then, but then you have to look at it the other way and say, well, it's not so much about being a man as it is about being a human being. Right. 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 Because, you know, the idea that not everyone who has the physical makeup of a man thinks they're a man. Right. You know, it's, there are so many different, there are so many different psychological and social realizations that someone goes through in their life to figure out, to, to, to find out they're the person, um, to find out who they truly are. Right. And that's the strongest most bravest thing anyone can realize. Great about grammar themselves. there. Most bravest. Most bravest. Okay. Most bravest thing. You were just talking about, about intelligence. intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. Most bravest. I'm going to say it. What I'm going to double down. All right. You go ahead and double down, Tom Izzo there. You know, um, what I was going to say in response to that mm-hmm. is, you know, you say what some consider soft, you call intelligence. I would, I would quantify that by saying there like everything in life, there are elements where as we go down a certain path, we go too far and that's where we realize where our boundaries are and whatnot. You know, you look at the age of technology that we have now and obviously the majority of it is used for many, many beneficial things. However, it has its faults, okay? There are so many different things that our technology can be used for that are detrimental in one way or another and we, can, we could cite chapter and verse. Uh, the same can be said of this quote-unquote softness is that eventually we can get to a point, and I think we've, we've got plenty of examples in our own lives where softness does get to a point where it's not just being what this might be as soft anymore, but being just odd. It's not even about being mm-hmm. soft anymore. It's about, it's about a, a, a methodology that doesn't even make any sense, you know? Um, it's and, and and so we have to quantify that by saying there is a specific level of this spectrum of what we've defined as soft now that really should be relabeled with intelligence, as you said. There maybe this one side or awareness. Of it, awareness. Fine. You pick any right. you want. Right. Okay. But we have, you know, the 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 label of of softness needs to be shortened to maybe just this small period or this small aspect, this small range over here that really is a little too far gone. You know, mm-hmm. the, the the majority of what we define as soft is what you said: intelligence, awareness, maturity, uh, evolution. <laughs> right. Okay? Pick any word you want. Right. So that's why I would say because because. I can Humanity think- only moves as fast as its slowest person. Exactly. Exactly. Right? And this is why we're going at a snail's pace. Right. Because we're going at the pace of the United States Postal Service. Right. So and we're getting the mail's going in the wrong place anyway. Speaking of mails. See what I did oh, there? Oh, I see. M A L E mail. Priority mail. Mm-hmm. So, you know. The the, the, the the people who are just blindly rushed to Izzo's defense are from a generation. They're either from a generation or influenced by a generation that didn't know any other way. Um, and 
call it blissful ignorance, <laughs> you right. know, uh, which is not good. I mean, it's not good to be ignorant. But some, some, like as I said before, some people don't know any other way. And rather than trying to change the minds of the people who perpetrate these transgressions, we should try to educate those who are either on the fence about how to think or um, make better examples mm. of, of, of different situations. Right. You know, this is exactly to kind of tie it all together. This is exactly what it, what it, what it is for sportsmanship. Yeah. Right. You, 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 if you reach one person in your entire life and you change that person's view or you influence that person to become better, you've accomplished something. Yeah. Right. And as an organization, as OSIP, if we reach one person, obviously we want to reach more than one person. I'll take one. But, I, if, we, yeah. but if we reach one person, that makes all the difference yeah. because that person can then affect more people. Right. So it's not so much about changing what, like I said, what has happened. It's about preventing preventative officiating. I see what you did there. Preventing what the negatives that can happen, mm -hmm. right? Through education and awareness. So the, the word soft really does for the large part need to be rebranded into Awareness right. needs to be rebranded into education and intelligence and just more, just, just wherewithal, right. like realize where you are, realize that you're on camera, realize that you are yelling at a student, mm -hmm. you are berating a student where other students have to hold you back. Right. That's barbaric. Yep. That is not intelligent. I don't care. Look, you could be a smart guy who, who's a great coach who who's won title after title and has you know who's who's in the top 10 right but if you project yourself in a way that can be perceived as neanderthal i'm sorry you're doing it wrong right. I, you know i'm 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 you forgot how to human exactly <laughs> that doesn't look good and from a recruitment perspective I wouldn't want to go to that. No. I wouldn't want to go to that school. If I was a basketball player and I saw a coach having to be restrained by other students, first of all, I don't want to be the one to have to do the restraining. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm lazy. I don't right? want to do this. Like, I don't <laughs> want to have to be in that position. All right, exactly. Because then he's going to sue me. <laughs> and it's like, this is a game. Right. Like, I want to have fun, right? I mean, that's the whole point of sports is to have fun. I'd, I'd like to believe so. You know, and... I don't know. So I think we definitely, there are two sides to the story and we do have to look at both sides. Um, but I think ultimately we have to move forward yeah. with this and, and think of thinks think as a society or as George Costanza says, we live in a society. <laughs> we have to act civilized. <laughs> Truer words have never been spoken. This is coming from a man who would ensconce himself in velvet. <laughs> That's right. right. It feels good. It, it, feels yeah, good. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's regifting a label maker. That's right. Anyway, 
I think uh, I think the velvet uh, is what used to uh, is used to wrap up this episode. Perfect. So um, we got a lot done today. That's, yeah, that's really good. So uh, I hope everyone enjoyed this discussion and uh, c- keeps the conversation going. Be sure to uh, comment on social media. Send us an email. You know, tweets, emails, tweet mails, if you will. Uh, and um, tweet mails. Tweet mails. Uh, you just made it creepy, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Well, anyway. We go from starting the episode with SVU to ending it with SVU. <laughs> there we go. So, uh, we, we, we can't wait till uh, the next episode. Hope you all had fun doing, uh, enjoying and listening and yada, yada, yada. And baseball season Baseball season off. is here. Yeah. We, are, we are underway. And uh, it's, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. That's all I can say. So uh, until next time, Sean, thank you. Thank you. So until next time, everybody treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSIP Foundation, Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osipfoundation.org. If you're interested in advertising on How You Play the Game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org.